Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello listeners, welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast. We're into episode 203, 203. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and today I have with me our, uh, the Tax and Super Australia's Tax Council, John Jeffries. Thanks for being with us, John. My pleasure, Steve. Um, now, John, you're um, a member of the Tax Practitioner Stewardship Group mm-hmm. and also the Tax Practitioner Digital Implementation Group. Yes. Um, you meet with the ATO reps and other body representatives, and um, uh, which is good because, I mean, hopefully you can tell us, uh, there's been a little bit of a concern, I know, in the things that I hear around the traps about the uh, decommissioning of the tax agent portal. Mm. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, Steve, well, there's certainly a lot happening for tax agents at the moment, yeah. uh, apart from just getting the normal day-to-day done. But yes, the uh, if you haven't heard of it, and one would hope we would have by now, the tax agent portal that we've known and loved for many years is going to be closed on the 29th of November 2019. That's soon, very soon. That's very soon, yes. And uh, there is a final uh, decision that needs to be made by the ATO on doing uh, certain things, but uh, you can just take it as read that that's going to occur. Right. And so uh, from then on, only the new online services for tax agents will be able to be used uh, to get the tax information for all of your clients. Right. Have most tax agents made the change yet, do you know? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the uh, greater majority of tax agents have. Mm. However, there is still uh, apparently uh, a number, which is still some somewhat significant, which right. the tax officer are a bit concerned about. Now, they are making actual uh, person-to-person calls to those agents to oh, say... Really? Yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Uh, do you realise this is going to finish very soon? Mm. Uh, and so uh, the thing is that anybody listening to this that hasn't yet made the move, why don't you uh, do it as soon as you finish this podcast? Yes, yeah, good idea. <laughs> because get it's coming it. soon and uh, you really need to get on to it. I was just going to ask, why are they doing this? It's, uh, was it not, wasn't it working, the portals? Uh, the portals were a bit... Um, Clunky, I would say, would oh. be the best I would say. Yeah, right. but however, it was technology from 15 years ago. Yeah, and uh, the new online portal has a much nicer interface, and uh, you can get to information more quickly. Uh, I still to hear people saying, oh, "I can't find this and I can't find that." Yeah, uh, but largely, I think that's because of not uh, fully understanding everything that's available. Uh, there is a manual that is available right. uh, for its use. So uh, my strong encouragement is to get on to the new online services and yep. enjoy all that it offers. Right, and, and the tax office are also up- updating the system. I mean, um, what's it called? Um, Activity Statement Financial Processing mm-hmm. Scheme or option, whatever it's called, process. Yes. Uh, what That's coming after the update of the systems. Yes, so the... Uh, existing tax, tax agent portal had to be shut down before they the tax office engaged in this uh, massive data processing uh, event that right. will occur for them in December. Yep. And uh, because of that and the way certain accounts are going to be shown or not shown to tax agents, uh, the old portal had to be closed down. Okay. So the yep. tax office will go through this very major data processing 
uh, activity, activity statement financial processing process. It'll mainly be an ATO internal operation, but there is now information on the tax office website mm. where you can go and look and say, well, what does that mean for me? And um, that's only just come out oh, uh, good. Okay. yesterday, actually. Yesterday. Yes. Mm. It's a pretty big job. It's mm. a pretty big change, yes. isn't it? My understanding, or what I've heard, is that it's the biggest data processing uh, activity the tax office has ever undertaken. Oh, gosh, well, that's saying something. Mm. Um, I, did, I, have, I, mean, I keep an eye on things that I'm in passing every day. Um, I have heard some concerns about deceased taxpayers' information in particular. Mm. There's a bit of that's fallen through the cracks or it's likely to or, or in, da in danger of. What can you tell us yes. about that situation? So many tax agents will understand that in the uh, online portal, that is, the, uh, sorry, the new online services for agents, yep. You can't get access to the information of a taxpayer who is an individual and was your client and died, right. Right. whereas you can under the old portal. Right. Now, why has it changed? Well, the fact is that the tax office has probably been doing something that wasn't really in keeping with the law for many years. <laughs> so uh, in um, subdivision 355B of Schedule 1 of the Taxation Administration Act, this gives rules about what tax officers can and can't give out by way of information. Right. And uh, the fact is that when you've got a deceased taxpayer, the person that represents that deceased taxpayer is their legal personal representative. That, that's right, yep. Now, if that legal personal representative has not appointed the tax agent as the tax agent of the deceased estate and the affairs, then under the law, the tax agent is not supposed to get access to the information of their deceased individual taxpayer. That, yeah, okay. And therefore, for example, cannot complete the tax return up to the date of death. That seems strange to me, though, but it's the same person, but... Uh, yes. But it's because the person has ceased to exist, so therefore um, that oh, taxpayer has ceased to exist. I see. And a new one has arisen, being uh, the trust, which is of which the... The LPR. Legal, the LPR right, is the, right. is the uh, legal representative. I see. Um, so they are entitled, uh, the law specifically states that they are entitled to the information. Right. And uh, so this is pr uh, presenting uh, a problem with the new online services. No doubt agents will be interested in what's going to happen with this. Mm. Um, so at the moment, there is a workaround that is being uh, worked on by the ATO. I'm not sure whether I'm at liberty to completely disclose all of that. Uh, so in this group that I attend, uh, I am under sort of certain level of secrecy. Oh, right. But what I will say is that the taxpayers, uh, sorry, tax agents, two tax agents rather, that uh, the ATO is very aware of this problem and is working on a workaround on uh, the issue. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'll have to leave it to the tax office to uh, come out with that information as to how they're going to deal with it yeah, yeah. Uh, once the old tax agent portal is shut down. I suppose they can't say too much until all the wrinkles are ironed out and it's all going to work. Yes, it's quite a... Uh, in order to enact, if you like, the fix, uh, there are some uh, procedural things that have to be gone through from their point of view. Yep. Uh, and it, uh, they is, those things take time. Yep. And, uh, yes, so... Uh, but there is a fix coming, um, right, right. 
and uh, just uh, watch this space. So it's basically to allow the LPR to be appointed to act on behalf of the taxpayer, the taxpayer being the estate, because the person is no longer around to be a person. Well, the LPR is the person who's in charge. The question is whether the tax agent, or more particularly the former tax agent of the deceased individual, whether they can act uh, for that estate. And so... uh, it's the whole issue is around that as how that information gets to the uh, the tax agent of the deceased person now that information under the law must flow through the legal personal representative yep. Yep. and so the fix that the tax office is working on uh, is in relation to this particular matter I can see what you mean when you say that the tax office may for a few number of years been doing the air quote, wrong thing, but it's not, it's been working, but still, I can see how it's not totally legal. But um, I, I, I t- t- not being a practitioner myself, I have been tending to confuse or mingle in the change from OSCE to MyGov ID with the closure of the portals. Mm. Um, this is something that's happening as well, isn't it? Yes. There's a lot uh, happening. This is apparently quite prevalent, mm-hmm. uh, that many people are getting confused with the uh, shutdown of the tax agent portal and the uh, new online services, getting that confused with the idea of the decommissioning of the OzKey uh, access into the portal. Yep, yep. They are two uh, completely different things. Um, so the OzKey uh, is going to be decommissioned by the end of March 2020. Right, okay. Um, and it's going to be replaced by a more secure method of access called the MyGovID. Yep. Now, the first thing is don't confuse the MyGov ID with your MyGov account. With your own personal MyGov account. Yes. Yes. Some people have commented that that maybe the government could have used a different terminology there. Well, maybe, yeah. So one is is an ID access into uh, uh, what's intended to be all government services, federal government. The MyGov account is a different uh, thing again, which is details about your particular uh, accounts and so forth with the government. Yeah. So... The background to all of this is that the tax office were very concerned, and rightly so, that uh, access to taxpayers' information um, uh, could be obtained by people uh, too easily under the OzKey uh, situation. Oh, I see. Okay. Yep. And so what they wanted to do is to try and get the highest level of security they possibly could, and so they've introduced the MyGov ID, and the idea is that a person must have a smartphone, a mobile device, mm. and um, you uh, apply through the app that is on the on the device, and you have to verify your uh, identity using your passport, driver's license, or Medicare cards. Um, and then once you gain access, then the app will use either fingerprints or uh, facial recognition hmm. to say yes indeed that is you and you can uh, get into the information that you want to access yeah that that the fingerprints on the mobile phone or facial mm. recognition I, do all mobile phones have that function uh, I, I think so. I think it, it will be built into the app oh okay, I think okay. at least the yes yeah, so I'm not uh, uh, I actually haven't used the app myself no, yet, no. but uh, I think it's built into the app. Just just for listeners' um, information, that if you go to 
mygovid.gov.au. It should all be there for you to have a look at. Mm. I haven't had a look myself yet, but I'll, mm. I will do that. So, sorry, the passport, driver's license, or Medicare card, in the first instance, you've got to prove who you are. Yes. And then you've got, you're in yes. uh, with password or whatever. Now, um, some people have found that process easy and others uh, not necessarily so. It yeah. depends sometimes on whether you've got hyphens in your name uh, or if ah. you're, let's say, um, uh, a woman using her maiden name uh, for certain purposes oh. and married name for another purpose. Yep. Um, mm. Then, uh, and those kinds of issues have uh, created some problems. Yeah. Other people have reported that it's very easy to do. You can do it in no time at all. Um, and so it's just that people are having different uh, experiences. Yeah, of course. So just to clarify, this is not just for the ATO business. It's all government yes, departments. Yes, that's, that's right. So it's also for the um, uh, ABR Register, Australian Business Register. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, yes, the idea of this is that uh, although the tax office is uh, leading the charge with this, yep. it will be the way to gain access to all of government information, fed well, the federal government. When, when you think think about it, I mean, this is, what so did you say, March next year, mm -hmm. although the, the online services for agents is happening very soon, yes. next week, so, I mean, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be wise to do the OSC, uh, MyGovID thing before say Christmas? Well yes, I think uh, that's a good idea Steve. We're, I think and the listeners might uh, uh, take the encouragement, uh, mm. maybe if you're an accounting firm you might shut down over Christmas, maybe you might just want to try and get the MyGovID thing done before mm. you shut down because you can come back after Christmas and people are away for a while and That's all of a right. sudden it's February and then in, you're into basses and so on and uh, and all of a sudden it's March and, uh, you know, you, you're under the pump. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. So maybe uh, as a bit of a Christmas present to yourself, if you like, <laughs> uh, get it all done by Christmas. Not only that, I always, when I come back in January, I'm always a bit stupid for about a couple of weeks. But um, Oh, just you know, January's now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there's there's also John MyGovID. There's another um, authorization. Um, yes. Um, so one of the questions that people have is, well, for example, what do I do if someone leaves or so on? So there will That's still right. be the mm. uh, relationship authorization manager RAM. Okay. Yep. Um, so someone appointed in the practice will say who can get into the information and who can't. And so uh, if someone is going to uh, terminate their employment, well, then you need to remove their authorisation. Oh, of course. There's a few practical, actually, practicalities to mm. look at. I mean, well, we assume everyone's got a phone. Yes. Does it, in a firm, does that one phone operate the firms? No, no. They, uh, indeed, that is frowned on greatly right. uh, to having the communal phone in the accounting oh, firm. okay. <laughs> because it will be one individual's ID. So if the communal phone is used in an accounting firm, it will mean that one individual is allowing everybody else in that firm to access their uh, MyGov um, records and yeah, so forth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the idea is that each person has their own mobile phone. Now, some people don't have mobile phones, and that's an issue. Some people, are, some firms are saying, well, will we have to buy mobile, sorry, mobile phones for all of our staff? Oh, yes, of course. Um, there's the issues about the tax deductibility of it. If I've got to have one, is it then tax deductible? That's true, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that'll be tried. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and 
uh, one of the uh, major issues is the question of offshore employees oh, of course. or alternatively uh, foreign employees coming to Australia mm. who may not have the requisite Australian passport, uh, you know, driver's licence, Medicare card. Of course. Now, yeah. again, the tax office have got uh, fixes for these things and I'd encourage you to uh, look on the uh, website uh, address that Steve mentioned before. Yep. And what if you lose your phone? I mean, that happens. Yes. If you lose your phone, well, you've got to get another one and you've got to go through the process again. Ah, uh, right, mm. I suppose. All right. Um, uh, actually, Tax and Super Australia have, um, we thought it wise to... Uh, uh, take the temperature of the, of the marketplace and we've composed a, uh, put together a survey that we will send out to members uh, very soon, probably uh, perhaps at the end of this week, but certainly next week. Um, uh, so please, if you could help us out by filling that survey in, uh, that'd be great. John, also the Tax Practitioner Board um, are always active. What's, what's happening in that sphere? I know that you have mentioned off, offline, uh, off, uh, off the air before that um, there are some other changes that driven by the TPB that you um, yes. might like to share. So one of the things that I've been saying recently is that I think one of the, the major moves in the tax agent space is the uh, increasing um, activities of the Tax Practitioners Board. Mm. And much of this is, is good and, and right, but having said that, they are beginning to uh, really become more prominent and understanding what they're doing, the Tax Practitioners Board, mm. uh, and their attitudes towards uh, tax agents that aren't doing quite the right thing uh, is something that really needs to be understood. Mm. Now, we all know that tax agents operate in a difficult environment. You have the pressures of the tax office, you've got the pressures of the Tax Practitioners Board, and you've got the pressures of clients, and in all of that mix, you have to make money so that you can eat. Yes, yes. So all of that is a difficult thing, and tax agents have got to, um, I won't maybe use the word cut corners, but uh, decisions have to be made to make things more efficient. Make efficiencies, if, if that's I right. Can see, yeah. If you can see that. And you've often got to do that when there isn't full information involved. But then when the Tax Practitioner come, Board comes along with 2020 hindsight, um, sometimes that can be a bit difficult to explain. So just be aware that this is uh, coming, uh, or this greater scrutiny. Uh, or scrutiny, yep. yes. And what we are particularly waiting for now is the report into the Tax Practitioners Board, which right. has been uh, headed up by Keith James, which is now with the government, and we're waiting for the government to release that report. Yep. That report is something that I would recommend most tax agents read because it is going to directly affect uh, the way you work in the future. Mm. And so the whole question of penalties on tax agents and uh, many things, education and so forth, are going to be covered in that that report and we obviously will be uh, pouring over it ourselves yeah yeah um, but just be aware of that um, is that imminent uh, well no one officially knows but right. it could be yes it was I think it was delivered to the government at the end of last month uh, uh, okay and now we're just waiting for when it will come out okay uh, yes. well I'll assume after the Christmas news but who knows who knows uh, be, yes. it'd be good to have it for the a bit of beachside reading or something but yes. still Okay, all right. Um, now, one thing I also just mentioned is that the Tax Practitioners Board, I was in a meeting with them yesterday, mentioned that uh, tax agents, 
still um, are getting their annual declarations in late, apparently 17% of them, uh, 17% of tax not. agents. Oh, okay. uh, so there's an annual declaration uh, that you will all know and love um, that you have to make, and uh, apparently still many are getting that in late. Mm. So, uh, again, if I could encourage you just to get on to that. Right, okay. Mm. Well, it's good to know. You've got to keep on top of these things. Yes. Now, also, John, um, just briefly, you were mentioning there was a case that uh, has just happened and it was pivotal yeah. somehow. You, could you explain that? Uh, well, I just wonder, uh, I actually only just read this just before uh, this podcast. It's a, a case of Stephen Mads, M-A-D-Z, uh, where the Tax Practitioners Board uh, terminated the registration of this agent who had been an agent for 40 years. Now, they did it because he had not lodged his tax returns on time or BASs on time. Hmm. But I think the point I just wanted to note here is that the tax returns were for the year ended 30 June 2017 and 2018, and the decision to terminate his registration occurred in May 2019, which wouldn't have been all that long after uh, the person had to uh, lodge their June 18 return. Mm. So the point is that the tax, the tax practitioners board is moving on these things and I suspect that there are a number of other agents out there who might be a little bit behind on their income tax returns and also business activity statements, which this particular man was behind with. Mm. And he, look, he had a bit of a rough trot. He had uh, he moved premises and he had very difficult um, technology issues. Sometimes he, di he didn't get his mail from the ATO and uh, he, he was just overwhelmed by the pressure of everything. Yeah. And he's, it's, the reading of it is that he's done uh, the right thing over 40 years. But oh, so he's not a young guy. He's, he's been in the, in the game for a while. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Gee, I, okay. I, I don't know how old he is, but one would say he, 60s he knows or what he's 70s, doing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was obviously very sad about uh, this being the case. And so his uh, registration as a tax agent was uh, originally to be 18 months, but the AAT reduced that down to 12 months. And uh, it's just an indication of just... Uh, how assertive uh, the Tax pra Practitioners Board is becoming. Mm. Now, the, the, the particular individual maybe could have helped himself a lot more than he did, but nevertheless, it's, um, he had a bit of a rough trot, and despite this, uh, these actions were still taken. So mm. it's just mm. um, a salient warning, I think, to uh, all of our members and listeners to make sure you get your affairs in order, yep. and indeed, if you can... Get your own affairs in order first. Oh, your own tax affairs. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because that's been an issue, hasn't yeah. it? <coughs> I was going to say, that, but what can you do? What, how can you mitigate the risk uh, of that? Just yes. Well, get it, things done. Uh, I know that we all love to serve our clients and we all uh, like to make sure that we keep up with their needs. But the thing is that if you are deregistered, then you <laughs> don't get any income and no. you don't get to help your clients. So no. No. Um, I think there has to be a mind uh, shift for tax agents get your own things in order first of all and yep. then look at your clients yeah yeah just just get cracking <laughs> mm. all right john thanks very much that was all very enlightening uh thank you listeners once again for listening to the tax wrap podcast uh we've enjoyed having your company thanks again john thanks steve uh please tune in again next time